My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me again as podcast producer is Ryan Butts. Hey, hey, Ryan. How's did, it going? did you save this as episode three twenty three? Three twenty three. You think? Because you know, that's right. You know how how Pat gets. He's going to be on. <laughs> yep, we're on a brand new another episode. Letter. Another mustached episode. It seems like it's grown twice as long. I think it has. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels like it's only been five minutes. I know. Since it's getting we've to Selleck proportions. <laughs> <laughs> magnum. It's getting to magnum proportions. We have uh, Mike Siegel back with us as well. Hello. Mike Siegel, reader extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. The guy who. It's on my business card. You're, you're so good with these cold reads of these scene direction oh, thank you. submissions. And just to remind everybody, this is part two of our scene direction contest. I asked everybody to submit little pieces of scene direction so we could sort of evaluate. And great action line or great character description. I said, please no more than a quarter of a page and everybody submitted a quarter of a page. So we are reading a lot of quarter pages today. And uh, at the end of this, whoever wins, uh, the top three winners will get um, an on the page DVD, an instructional DVD. And they will also get a copy of the Coffee Break Screenwriter, which is my book. And the grand prize winner will win a story consultation where you get to bang out your next project, I will get on the phone with you or Skype or in person and we will figure out the structure of your next project. That's it. That's it. Well said. Okay. Until then. Until, Until then. that part right there. All right. So, Mike, uh, yes. our next person is Bob Condor. And Bobby. Bob is from Eagle Mountain, Utah. Exterior, Forest Road, day. A forest of both old wood. Let me do that again. It's that comma. Yeah. A forest of both old woods stands with new brush. A haven for wildlife, quiet and peaceful. Birds take flight as a foaming horse bursts through the brush and onto the road. Its muscles flex with power and determination. The rider wears the blood-soaked uniform of King Altalos (laughs) Messenger, a young man by age, now old with the burden. He carries a private correspondence satchel bearing the king's seal. The messenger's strength drains as he gallops on. So, Bob, you could probably hear that. that There's a lot of commas there in there a, that don't yeah, need to be there. A, little, a few too many. A forest of both comma old wood. So get rid of that comma there. And also, it's a, I think just the wording on that first sentence is yeah, awkward. A forest just in, of in both general. comma old wood stands with new brush. Yeah, yeah. So, so that part, maybe you're trying to sort of describe too much. If you just said, you know... Uh, exterior forest road day, quiet and peaceful. And then we go to the next one, which is, you know, you know, suddenly birds take flight. Okay. So now we're, we're sort of interrupting the, the quiet peacefulness. Foaming horse too. I gotta say, I don't know. How did you guys feel Not about like the foaming horse? Oh, I, I never heard it described that way as a foaming horse. It's like, like a rabbit, foaming at the like mouth. A rabbit horse. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes horses get that spittle in their side of their mouth, but yeah. it means it's like, it's got to be a better word than foaming, that it's just, it's just a rampaging horse. Oh, yeah, maybe. And, um, but I did love its muscles, flex with power and determination. You know, I like the rider wearing the blood-soaked uniform of, of King. Comma, unnecessary. Yes, no comma there, of King Altalos's messenger, uh, a young man by age, now old with the burden. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That part is beautiful. I don't like private correspondence satchel. I don't know why. I think it's just, I think just a satchel. Yeah. So maybe I think what's going on, Bob, is that you've got some beautiful emotional writing, right? We're going from emotional beat to emotional beat, and you're really painting the picture and just a few too many words. That's a, too many adjectives. Just, you know, it's it's really powerful just the way that it is. You don't have to make it overly flowery. And you find with fewer words comes fewer commas, which <laughs> and is always also, a nice thing. Mike is really bummed about the commas. Yeah, well, so you know. Not into the commas. 
But there's something when you read it, one thing reading it out loud does, but it's, it's what uh, people read as, as, as though they're saying it in their heads when they read it. Like when you read something, mm-hmm. you're not saying it out loud, but you kind of are internally. Yeah. So you will stump over those, you will stumble over those as well. Right? Right. I mean, there's nothing more your valuable. Your eyes don't flow over the words if it's something like that, if they're unnecessary punctuation. Yeah, yeah. You should always have some kind of cold read. You know, have, have a stage reading in your living room or read it out loud to yourself. Every, every successful writer that's been on this show has said that. Mm-hmm. And that will really help and then it, it won't sort of trip up yeah. the reader. Like when you're, if your actors read something and it doesn't, you know, that means you probably could reword it a little better. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit better. But it's but Bob, honestly, it was a really cool I saw it, moment. You know, yes, but, you can yeah. totally see it. Very well described. We can nitpick because everybody's so darn good. Right. You know, if you think about like the the caliber of writer that we've that we've been reading in the last episode and now this one, it's like you know, <laughs> it's amazing because there's some really bad writing out there and none of it shows up on this show. Right? Oh, yeah. No, so far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got my submission to go. <laughs> oh, good. We've got uh, Greg Williams is next from Tucson, Arizona. Exterior, cliff top, night. Gloved hands tie off a black nylon rope to an aged tree trunk. Cinched. Rest of line whips over edge into darkness. Surf pounds rocky shoreline below. Clip. Line attached to body harness. Without hesitation, the black-covered figure repels off top and disappears. So I, I like the, I like cinched, surf, clip, whips. I think, I think that, yeah. that works very well. Um, I have a, this might just be my personal taste. I don't like this kind of uh, shortcutting with sentences. Rest of line instead of rest of the rest of the line. Yeah. Um, line attached. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. And I know some people do it. Um, to me, it always stops up the read. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, it seems like it does it quite a bit in this small chunk of words. Um, I think here and there throughout a script might be all right. But, you know, and there's like three or four instances of it in this couple of lines. Might be too much. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you have to reread, which is never yeah. a good thing. But Greg, um, uh, I, I know Greg well, and I think that his uh, writing, you know, it shows really, really nice spacing uh, between the, the lines. You've really got sort of your individual beats down here really well. And I also like the fact that um, we can hear it and we can really see all the choreography in it. Um, so it's, I, I'm, I'm going to say it's really a pet peeve of mine, but that's the one thing in my way. What's your ruling on, on the all caps on things like whips and surf, mm-hmm. surf pounds, rocky shoreline below? Uh, you know, I probably shouldn't have mentioned surf as being the, the thing that was working. Cinched whips and clip do work. Surf does not need to be capitalized. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, in this case, what he's doing, he's trying to sort of like punch certain words, mm-hmm. but surf pounds, rocky shoreline probably doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need surf doesn't need to be in caps. But cinched whips. You kind of see what he's doing. Are. I mean, it's going to yeah. be, it's all about the noise, like, yeah. you know, and whips. And well, then and it should be pounds, right? It should be surf pounds. Yeah, I and guess you're And pounds right, yeah. would be in caps. Because now it's, it's written like surf as a character. Yeah. Again, Greg, we're being picky. We're being picky. Maybe surf as a guy. A guy named surf. <laughs> he's just hitting the water. He's hitting the shoreline, like, like you know, punching it. <laughs> Um, the next person is Renee Claveau. Hello, Renee. Uh, Renee is from Vancouver, and uh, and I've uh, had the pleasure of teaching his organization before. So, let's go for it. Very Montreal sounding name. It it is Renee, Renee, Renee Claveau. Claveau. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say okay. No more accents. That's there right. Mm-hmm. Don't want anybody mad. Ashley convulses and stops breathing. Her mouth stretches wide. Black beetles swarm out of her mouth, crawling over her face, dropping to the floor. The others recoil in shock as Ashley tries to draw her breath, draw breath. Her eyes pleading for them to to help, but no breath comes as she gags on beetles, more and more crawling up her throat and out her mouth and nose. Ashley's eyes roll up in her head and she collapses. Beetles continue to stream out of her, a growing mound of crawling, swarming, biting insects. Nasty. Oh, there's beetles coming out of somebody's mouth in this thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you feel like it was too? Do you feel like it was too much? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Three big mentions. Okay. 
All right. So maybe it's that last one. Beetles continue to stream out of her a growing mound of crawling, swarming, biting insects. But there is something really cool about that last image of like this growing mound. I do love that. I do love the growing mound. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, The others are called, but no breath comes. Also, Hmm. Beetles is capitalized as a character. But that's okay because in this in this case, they kind of are characters. Okay. You know. I didn't know if there was a ruling on. I thought it was just characters' names and stuff. It's actually the Beatles. It's uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> no, which one's crawling John out of her mouth? Is it John? Is it, is it Ringo? <laughs> I, I, I love where she, she's like gagging on Beatles at one point, but no breath comes as she gags on Beatles, more and more crawling up her throat and out her mouth and nose. Maybe from there, he could go to a, a growing mound of swarming, biting insects. Mm-hmm. So we don't need that last paragraph because it's restating what we know. So once she gags on them and they're crawling up her throat and out her mouth and nose into a growing mound of, of swarming, biting insects, maybe that would be uh, a good edit on it. Do beetles bite? Edit. I'm asking. I don't. Do beetles bite? These hmm. do. Yeah, I guess they do. These are the biting beetles. <laughs> okay, maybe they do. I don't know. I love the imagery of it. I gotta say. All right. I, I'm I'm putting it in the high maybe, but I do think that it needs it needs a little editing okay. at, at the at the end of it. Thank you, Renee. So much fun coming to Vancouver. Um, Lovely oh, town. It is. It is. Um, the next person. This is Spencer S. Okay. Uh, Mike, you are going to read to. After Torchlight Scatters the Darkness, you're going to read to there. Okay, Spencer, a couple of things. We said quarter of a page, and we said no dialogue. And what we've got here is about half of a page, and there's dialogue. So I'm cutting it for you so that we make it eligible for the contest. Okay, go for it, Mike. A black screen. Drifting towards us is the sound of a man breathing. Deliberate. Controlled. In. Out. In. Out. White lettering appears briefly. London, England, 1732. In the distance comes the slow moan of a key turning in a rusty lock. Screech. Door hinges squeal. Torchlight scatters the darkness. I have to say, with the edit, (laughs) (laughs) man, Spencer's lucky because if we, you know, Mm -hmm. the rest of it, there's, yeah. Um, But I I have to say this, this, uh, I really liked it. I liked the, the, fact that he says the sound of a man breathing period deliberate period controlled period in out in out i mean i just i could hear it and it it, i don't know it has a certain kind of edge to it what do you guys think yeah i dig it i like it um the title kind of breaks it up for me i would i would like almost no title kind of like black screen with with, oh i mean london england Yes, and also to tell us how the lettering appears is is definitely not the writer's job. Yeah. White lettering appears briefly. Now, if you wanted to say super London, England, 1732, I get yeah. it. But I, I think you're right, too, that it's sort of breaking up the moment. Yeah. And it's imposed, it's, it's saying, hey, remember, this is a movie where if we got rid of all, that altogether, we would feel like, you know, we're in this moment with him. Mm-hmm. So would you take out a black screen and word it... A- we just yes. hear the sound of a man? Yeah. So you could start with, instead of drifting towards us, because we're not in this, we could say the sound of, of a man breathing, deliberate, controlled, in, out, in, out. So that way we know it's sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in the distance comes the slow moan of a key turning into rusty lock. Screech. Door hinges squeal. Torchlight scatters the darkness. It's very, it's, it's pretty too. Torchlight scatters. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like, you know. It scatters the darkness. Not a torchlight <laughs> comes on. I don't know. It's, it's, that's good. I don't know. I, where does this go pile-wise for you guys? Uh, I would go in the no pile. You go in the no pile? Mm-hmm. It was like too many little little things that were yeah. interrupting? I don't know. I, I, I don't, wasn't as in love with it as you were, I think. Okay. It just kind of didn't do much for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it in high maybe. All right. We're going to Michael Rodriguez, um, who said uh, in another email to please be kind when he wrote this, I think he was celebrating something. He was celebrating a good review, he said, mm. which meant that he was drinking. So, that a boy. Yeah. We so, wouldn't know anything about Drunken that. writing. <laughs> no writers in history have ever been drinkers. So that's, like, we, do, we totally disapprove. Right. Okay. So go for it, Mike. 
Interior, high school hallway in between periods. Day. The halls are packed, flowing like sugar and hormone-powered rivers. Total, perfectly functioning chaos. Corwin makes his way around the corner, on cue, like every other day, as if his footprints were mapped out on the floor like a dance routine. And hitting her mark with precision, Rebecca Ross exits her class, moving right towards him. As soon as their eyes meet, everything goes into slow motion. She's a petite little twig in a drill team uniform, yet she has short, punky, dyed black pixie hair. But it's her blue eyes, contrasting with extra eyeliner, that makes Corwin immediately display the physical signs, sweating, heart palpitations, of someone who's just fallen off a 50-story building. Logical thought brought a parachute and is gliding down at a moderate pace 200 feet above him. Okay. I really like it. But it reads like a novel passage. And also, part of the reason it's, it's reading that way is because it's all squished into and one it's all paragraph. One paragraph. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure, Michael, if you were doing that so that it would only be a quarter of a page, but it ain't fooling us, okay? <laughs> this has to be broken up into paragraphed beats in order for it to have the impact that you want. You want to put a paragraph before and hitting her mark with precision, Rebecca Ross. You want to put a paragraph before as soon as their eyes meet. Um, and a paragraph before uh, logical thought, although I have to say I don't understand the logical thought. Logical thought brought a parachute. Logical thought's a noun or like a person in that. So logical <laughs> thought showed up, brought a parachute, and is gliding down at a moderate pace. So it's oh, okay. It, it's making logical thought a character in this. Okay, I get uh, it. I would break this whole thing into three lines. I'd say this is where, what the halls are like, because I love that. I love the hormone-powered rivers. That's awesome. That is really good. Um, sugar and hormone-powered rivers. And then I would say, uh, here's a line about the guy, Corwin. Here's a line about the girl. And then maybe one more to close it out. And I think you, can, you have a ton of great stuff here to edit down into those those three or four lines. I agree. I agree. Also in your slug line, interior high school hallway in between periods day, you don't need in between periods, interior high school hallway day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, Kids aren't in a hallway during, during class. During class, yeah. If right, it's packed, exactly. It's between periods. Yes, exactly. You can put that in your scene direction. Don't put it in your slug line. So, Michael, very good for, for writing while drinking. You had a boy. Very nice. good. Very good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we've got to paragraph those beats and do all that other stuff. When he's oh. sober, he hits the return button and starts a, a new <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> The next person is Steve Darcangelo, who is from L.A. I know Steve well. Steve was, he's, he's always doing the contests. And uh, actually, Steve just made, was he a semifinalist? Yes, he was a semifinalist in the Nickel Fellowship for wow. his last, uh, his last um, spec, which I really liked. Congrats, Steve. And yeah. he just had a baby about oh. two days ago. Two great accomplishments. A young Dark Angelo. <laughs> That's <laughs> a right. great name. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a, uh, a rich person on yes. a CW <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or a musketeer. You got you to meet Steve. You know, he's not a rich person on a CW <laughs> show. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Steve, That's true. Steve Dark Angelo. <laughs> okay. Hit it. The film director approaches. He's mature for his 17 years. Confident, despite his braces, he commands authority. Consider him on loan from a Wes Anderson film. That's it. Okay, the rest is just his comment. Oh. Okay? Okay. So, uh, that's nice. It's to the point. The film director approaches. He's mature for his 17 years. Confident, despite his braces, he commands authority. Consider him on loan from a Wes Anderson film. I, how do you guys feel about the consider him on loan from a Wes Anderson film part? Perfect. I think cause, because those characters in those movies are so distinct that you immediately picture it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's going to be people who, who say, no, 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 no. You know, yeah. they'll say, oh, a lot of purists would go like, uh-uh, can't have that. It's just too inside. But, mm -hmm. but there is something that's very specific visually about mm -hmm. that. What do you think, Mike? Um, the first, it makes me to think of Wes Anderson, the director, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like, and I guess that means he's kind of like a quirky, kind of like um, wears vintage clothes, that kind of thing, and, and just, or if he's like the kid from Rushmore. I think it's supposed to be more like the kid from Rushmore. <laughs> right, right, like right. He's, yeah. So, so the, there we have the backfire situation, right? Yeah. Because you sit there, and if you know Wes Anderson films, you go, okay, I get it, I see it. If yeah. you don't, then you're like, well, wait a minute, what are we talking about here? Or if you don't like Wes Anderson, you're, you're risking... 
I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm nitpicking. It may be it may be one piece of color too many, or it could be that piece of color that makes that you want to read more. Right. I think having, despite his braces, he commands authority. To me, that that really says it all. Mm-hmm. So um, it's tough. It's tough. It's 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 a good one. It just sounds like he's describing the kid from Rushmore. Max, Maybe. Max. It was Max, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I like your email sign-off, by the way. Si- sent for my Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> Going in the good pile just because of that. <laughs> the next person is Michael Mulqueen. And Michael is from Malvern, Pennsylvania. Okay. Go for it. Nathaniel Crum, 18, is tumbling out of control down the side of a steep hill, bouncing off rocks and trees and other painful things. <laughs> To make matters worse, on the cliff's edge behind him sits an assassin on horseback, just waiting for the young Mr. Crumb to stop. I don't like this. This guy's got all kinds of problems. As soon as he's done getting hurt from this fall, he might be assassinated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it. But I like, I like the, uh, the properness of yeah. it all. Just waiting for the young Mr. Crumb to stop. <laughs> you know, and also bouncing off rocks and trees and other painful things. There's something yeah. just... I don't know. It's it's kind of whimsical. It makes me think of isn't uh, there a scene in the Princess Bride where he falls down a hill? Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. could be a scene from something like that. that yeah. I, I really like it. The uh, if I'm going to oh. nitpick, the only thing I'd say is instead of Nathaniel Crum is tumbling, it's Nathaniel Crum tumbles out of control. Mm-hmm, sure. But everything else really worked. Well, I'm wondering. Wait, to make matters worse, on the cliff's edge behind him, mm-hmm. now he's going down the hill. Is the cliff's edge above him? Yes, it's it's above him. But it it's be, so if or he's tumbling it? down I mean, behind him, he's waiting him, for him to stop behind him and up above. Yeah, so you've got like he's tumbling down that hill, right? And then on the cliff's edge, if we look up behind him, there's that assassin just waiting for him to stop so he can go down and kill him. Or he pushed him. Or he pushed him. Sure. Oh yeah. Maybe. I don't. That's interesting. On the cliff's edge behind him. Yeah. Okay. And an assassin, so he's just watching. An him. assassin would yeah. wait for, to make sure the exactly. kill has happened. It's it's a very he's very calmly watching this guy <laughs> just mm-hmm. totally fall down this hill, and then at the end of it, he's gonna wait for him to stop, and then he's gonna go down and, and kill him. Would you put to make matters worse? Or would I like to make matters worse because of the tone of it. Again, this this kind of whimsical approach. Now, is this? But, but it does make you think Princess Bride, right? Yeah. So this doesn't feel like, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a Tarantino super movie or an action yeah. movie. Yeah, it doesn't. It has a certain kind of, mm-hmm. hmm, you know, like a playfulness yeah. to it. So the rest of it better have this playfulness. Otherwise, if it's sort of in the middle of some hard-hitting action movie, it's not going to feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm putting it in the yes pile. Me I, too. I like it. Me too. Mike has it as a maybe. He is still yeah. scratching his head about <laughs> no. the edge of that cliff. No, just the, the, to make matters worse part. That's the only thing. <laughs> to make matters worse. Um, um, this is Andrew McKenzie. Um, Andy. Yeah, and and Andrew, uh, uh, Andy, wanted to know uh, when I'm coming back to London and said, could, could I do a private class? Because sometimes things like the London Screenwriters Festival are expensive. But the problem is when I travel, I have to have my expenses covered you know, because it's kind of hard to. You're you're a traveler, yes. Mike. You know how much all that costs. Yes, as, as much especially as I, London. Right. As much as I love to teach for free, yeah, ah, it's a tough one. It's a mm-hmm. tough one. So, Andy, save your pennies. Come to the London Screenwriters Festival. Uh, next unless year. Andy wants to pay for the entire flight. It, well, maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'll just teach a class in, in Andy's living room. Okay. Why not? Okay. So, um, hit it. Interior library day. A thick mop of hair sits on top of an open book. Insecure teenage eyes peer over and then frown as teenage boys often do. Across the room stands a pretty, perky, peroxide blonde, the girl next door. She hides flirtatiously behind a book, battering her eyes. The mop-top, dorky, handsome teen flashes his eyes up. Vision locks before he eyes her book, Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) She notices his oranges are not the only. Blam! He slams it down. Okay. Do you know? Do you know the rest of the title? Oranges are not the only. No. No. Hmm. I thought it was oranges the new black for a second, and then I went, yeah. "That's not right." Maybe you know what? This might just be three people who need to read more. You know. <laughs> or we don't. Well, you have a teenager who reads. Yes. And this is a teenage 
boy reading. <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, I don't know. Maybe she that? would know the title. Yeah. Hopefully, she doesn't know Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> that one I didn't know. All right, so uh, interior library day. A thick mop of hair sits on top of an open book. Insecure teenage eyes peer over. I really I like that image. I think that works really well. Um, uh, there is a lot of detail here that is feeling like you have to pay very, very close attention to get every beat of it. That last one, she notices his oranges are not the only blam. He slams it down. So it must be something to that title that makes him want to slam it down. Like he doesn't want her to know what he's reading. Do you think? I'm wondering if it's a juvenile book in mm -hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey is obviously an adult book. Ah. And he's like, oh, I'm an adult too. Slam yeah. the book down. I'm guessing that's what was, they were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pretty Perky and Girl Next Door should be eliminated. I love Peroxide Blonde. I peroxide think Blonde says it that all. That sells all those things. Yeah. Across the room, a Peroxide Blonde hides flirtatiously behind a book. But can one be a Peroxide Blonde and a Girl Next Door? I think he's got to pick. We're back with that Girl Next Door thing. Eliza Dishku is a peroxide blonde in The Girl Next Door. Oh, Boom. very nice. Very nice. But that's Not a Eliza whole Dishku. Uh, other... Elisha Cuthbert. Yeah. Wrong, wrong but the, but the, the thing is that like usually when we think peroxide blonde, we yeah. think of like that sort of, you know, fakey, trampy girl, right? She's a stripper. She is a porn star in the movie. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But then we've got The Girl Next Door. Right. So I think it's just a question of pretty, perky, peroxide, right. girl next door. So there's too many words describing her. I stumbled a bit on the vision locks before he eyes her book. Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm -hmm. So you're saying like, I think their eyes Vis meet. That's what I mean. It might, that sounds a little... It might be the UK way of saying uh, their eyes meet. is mm -hmm. vision locks. And battering should be batting, right? Batting her eyes? You don't batter your eyes. Yeah. 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 So, so we got a lot of little nitpicky things that are going on, Andy. I think that, that you've definitely created a mood that it's, uh, it, it feels like teenagers. We know that there's embarrassment, but we're kind of picking over little things, which means that that overall the reader might be do might be doing that too and apologies for not knowing the title of that book oranges are not the only i'm sure well, it's, it's a problem something... if we don't know it well I but mean... again we might not be the smartest people and That's true. you know That's you true. never maybe it's a big hit in the, the only book i've ever read is super fudge how about you, how about you guys anybody <laughs> no i'm right. more of a judy bloom guy <laughs> i think that super fudge is judy bloom <laughs> Yeah, it is. It. Yeah. What is? Is it? It is. Oh, I thought that's what you were going for. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. Oh, no. Uh, are, is she? Is she about super fun. Oh, damn. You haven't even read all the, the Judy keep... Bloom. You're like an underread Judy <laughs> Bloom fan. Yeah. They're God, it's me, Margaret. That's my favorite. <laughs> the next one is from Tony Campbell. Um, and uh, let's see. Tony, where are you from? Where are you from? I forget. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's but, the UK because of the email. Yeah, oh, right. that's right. He's from the UK. Thank you very much for submitting, Tony. Here we go, Mike. Interior, prison cell, night, a black eye. The swollen lid slowly opens to reveal a steely glare. Don Swan, late 50s, handsome despite his battered and bruised features, drags himself up from the floor. He pauses as he gets to his knees, a boot to the stomach. Don looks up, defiant. He clutches his stomach as he waits. Two guards stand over him. Brian, late 40s, rolls a fat spilling out of his uniform, smiles to himself. I love a boot to the stomach. You know, he, he just stomach. got to the, his knees and then a boot to the stomach. The thing I don't like is he pauses as he gets to his knees. If you, if you have him sort of struggling, dragging himself up from the floor, finally getting to his knees and then a boot to the stomach, I get it. But it's yeah. almost like he's waiting for the kick. He pauses. That's what's getting in my way here. What about you guys? So just lose that line and be yeah, fine, huh? Uh, yeah, I think it would be drags himself up from the floor. Uh, yeah. Is it just, yeah, maybe just lo lose the line altogether and then go right to a boot to the stomach. Great what spacing with all the action. Yeah, nice spacing Nothing's down convoluted. the page. Yeah. He clutches his stomach as he waits. Mm -hmm. I wonder what he's waiting for. Oh, yeah. Another black eye. <laughs> Another boot. Yeah, Don looks up, defiant. He, well, in this case, I do get why he waits. Don looks up, defiant. He clutches his stomach as he waits. It sounds like he's waiting for more, like bring it on. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah that, that, is, that is cool. I also love a black eye, the swollen lid slowly opens to reveal a steely glare. He didn't have to say close up on a black eye. It's right. just a black eye and then we see it open. That's good. I just like the name Don Swan. Do you like Don Swan? <laughs> Don Swan. Would you like us to call you Don Swan? Yeah, that's no? my new name. I like it. I, I like it. I don't know. What do, what do you think? I dig it. I do like I put it in the yes pile. Yeah? Okay. On the yes pile for me too. David Cook. 
David Cook has been listening since probably episode one. Wow. Dave, all right. is another Englishman. Awesome. I know. I know. Reading. And yeah, from Reading, England. Okay, go for it, Mike. Interior, bar, day, a country pub, rustic charm, oak tables, underlying menace. Matt reaches for the golden pint sitting on the counter, freezing as the landlord clears his throat. Ruddy jowls, ruddy jowls wobble as he jams Matt's debit card into the card reader. Matt manages a weak smile at the craggy-faced locals in the corner. Stony faces stare back in response. Time slows to a painful crawl. The landlord huffs as he stares at the card reader, willing it to work. <laughs> I, like, I like all the detail here. Rustic charm, oak tables, underlying menace. Love that. <laughs> um, also, the landlord huffs as he stares at the card reader, willing it to work. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I like it a lot. I can't find something that I don't like about it. Yeah, yeah. And also that, that weak smile that he manages as the craggy-faced locals. Uh, Matt, Matt manages a weak smile at the craggy-faced locals in the corner. Stony faces stare back in response. This is a guy who is in an awkward situation. Yeah, he's yes. reaching for the beer, and then he stops waiting for his card to clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. I don't know. It, it, I it, like it a lot. You know, you, it really puts you in the moment. Good job, David. Really good. Going in the yes pile for sure. David may have spent some time in a pub himself to uh, uh, have <laughs> describe it so well. Last time I saw David Cook was in a pub. No, what oh, a shock. In England? Yes, you, know, you don't say. Yes, <laughs> um, the next person is Sam Hayes. Sam Hayes from Iowa. Go for it. Richard. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, there is a typo here. Uh, I think. Do you see it? No, it isn't. Okay, sorry. Go for it. Richard dusts himself off, then charges toward the mime. Thud. He bashes his face on an invisible wall. He cups his bloody nose and thrashes around in pain. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I love charging a mime. <laughs> he charges toward the mime and bashes his face on an invisible wall. <laughs> What's not to love about that? And also, like, thud. Was, yeah. You know? I don't know. There's something. It's simple. It's emotional. <laughs> and it makes you want to read more. It's clear. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Short okay. and sweet. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait in the next scene. He walks against the wind. <laughs> that's, that's my guess. That's, that's where I see it going. Have you, no, you know, you're an actor. Yeah, actor. Did you yeah. ever uh, take a mime class? I didn't. I never really took a mime class. It's... Um, I mean, there's a definite skill to it. I just like, I don't know. I never got into it. <laughs> it always seemed it's like a, a pretty clown big thing. commitment. It is. <laughs> you got to really commit. Didn't meet a girl who went to mime school in Paris. Really? Yeah. Really? Which just sounds awesome. Yeah, I was at mime school in Paris. Of course, where else would you go to mime school, right? She must have been fun to date. No, I didn't date her. No. She did the podcast. <laughs> and that podcast is TravelTalesPodcast.com. <laughs> sounds like an awful mime if you were having that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very short podcast. No, the next person. Oh, I got for the glasses. Back. I take the glasses off. I put them on. Clearly, I didn't turn twenty-eight yesterday <laughs> or next week or whenever mm -hmm. it is. Ryan Buds, not fair. Happy, <laughs> happy freaking birthday, Ryan! I'm really glad for you. Thanks, okay. guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next person is Keisha Ramdani. Keisha Ramdani, go for it. Interior, CD bar, night. Jane Tilden, a mildly attractive 21-year-old woman wearing a baseball cap, jeans, and a too-big t-shirt, stands near the exit. She is ready to go. The paranoia in her eyes is real. She's knocked out of her daze instantly when someone kisses her on the lips. It's her boyfriend, Nate Bolash, a 23-year-old skater dude. He hands her two small white pills and kisses her again. This time, she returns the affection. I like it. I don't know. Do you think I'm just, I'm just softer in this ep episode for some reason? Like, I'm liking yeah. everybody's stuff? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, thank you. You've been drinking. Maybe <laughs> that's it. Maybe that. I like a mildly attractive 21-year-old woman wearing a baseball cap. Um, now, and I I mean, like, there's one in the side. She is ready to go. Yeah, that's, that probably is the, the paranoia in her eyes is real. Does that mean she's ready to leave? Ah, she's ready to... Yeah. She's in the bar. The guy's there. She's ready to go. The paranoia in her eyes is real. She's, so she's knocked paranoid. out of her days. And what are the pills? What are those for? That's, 
It's X, Dun, baby. We'll get to that. It's Molly. Sounds like Molly. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are in. Hey, 28. No idea what Molly is. No idea. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny. The paranoia is the thing that's throwing me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, are we in the middle of a thriller? Is that why? Is that why she's paranoid? Or is it she's just sort of in a daze because of being ready to leave? So the story of it to me is unclear, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe that would be solved in context. Right. Mm-hmm. But the way that, that he's, she's, he's describing, or she's, I'm sorry, describing the moment of being in a daze and being knocked out of it, I think is working. I'm, I'm going high maybe. What are, you, what are you thinking? I go regular maybe. Regular maybe. All right. Okay. I don't have a regular maybe problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Our next person is Andrew Crawford. And and Andy, Andrew has um, submitted, I think, for every single contest that we've had. And he always does really well. And Andrew is from Idaho Falls. Okay. Idaho Falls. Yeah. Interior, day, abandoned building. Phone rings. The, dis- the disheveled businessman nervously fidgets with his liquor flask, trying not to make eye contact. Across the table, the professional stares menacingly as he answers the phone and listens. Click. He closes the phone. Emotionless, he reaches into his duffel bag and pulls out a rusty hammer. Ooh, a rusty Ooh. hammer. Abandoned building, but he's a professional. What's going on there? I like mm-hmm. that. I would ditch liquor, just say flask. That's what flasks are. Yep, nervously yeah. fidgets with his flask, not his liquor flask. I have a beer flask. <laughs> I, own, I own five flasks. <laughs> do you? Yeah? Do you really? Yeah, I do. And what? you use them when? Uh, Never. Only when we do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> No, I sneak in when I go see a movie if I think it's going to be a bad movie. Really? You actually bring a flask? I have to. Are you are you like really like a, a rom-com? Six, like a 65-year-old dude yeah. in real life? I think admitting you have the problem is the first step <laughs> to recovery. Right. <laughs> Across the table the professional stares and that yes, that that's where the the typo is. Um not stars. Stars menacingly. Across the table the professional stares menacingly as he answers the phone and listens. Click. He closes the phone. Emotionless, he reaches into his duffel bag and pulls out a rusty hammer. I like it. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's you, you definitely see sort of you know the disheveled businessman. You have the professional. Um, you you hear the order basically. He's he's answering that phone. Click. He puts it down and then he gets out the rusty hammer. He doesn't have to have the actual conversation where he's saying, uh huh, yeah, sure, mm, okay, I'll do that. It's just it's implied here. So it's, there's a lot of emotion to it and just a lot of sort of matter of fact, let's get it done stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a good about to be torture scene. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I dig it. All right. Andrew, you scored again. Yes, Yay, pile. Andy. Maybe we should start disqualifying Andrew. Yeah, Andy. Come on. <laughs> okay. Give Leave some, some for give, the rest exactly, of Exactly. Give somebody a chance. Okay. So the next one is John Worsley from Portland, Oregon. Hello, John. How are you doing? Okay. Go for it. A teenage boy scuffs about on the edge of one dock. He is Kelvin Andurian, 18, an awkward scarecrow of a boy. When he gets to college, he'll be adorkable. <laughs> I love that description. Adorkable? He'll be adorkable when he gets to college. I would use that in class. Mm-hmm. A teenage boy scuffs about on the edge of one dock. He's this guy, awkward scarecrow of a boy, semicolon. When he gets to college, he'll be adorkable. Not doing uh, it for you? Adorkable, I hate that word. Do you? Uh, I don't. They were plugging it with that Zoe Deschanel. Uh, it's because sitcom. people have called you adorable. No, they day. call her that for. I think it was invented for her. Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's enough here uh, to warrant anything. That's my. That's my. Well, you thing. know, in the in the old days, like last year's. Did you ask for one line originally? Podcast, or something? Yeah. I should have been more. Maybe next year it'll be one line. One line because yeah. it was last year, but then I got yeah. like I uh, just. For one yeah. line, it's great, but I don't know. For a, a scene description, I'm not buying it. For, for one line, it is great, John. Thank you for knowing exactly what I want, and now we're disqualifying you for, <laughs> yeah. for it. I mean, we're, we're bad people. Bad. Okay, the, the next person is Chuck Barron. Uh, hi, Chuck. And, uh, and Chuck is a great guy. I've uh, had the pleasure of having him in class a couple times. Okay, go for it. Rocky outcroppings dot the scrubland. Light is falling as the sun edges below the horizon. Bree Bernadette, BB, Wolf, 14-year-old tomboy, 
tangled blonde hair, berettaed back from a smudged face, filthy jeans, torn jacket, raggedy backpack, grips in both her hands, a five-foot-long broken hoe handle, the splintered end sharpened to a four-inch spike. The makeshift spear keeps at bay the bared fangs and slavering jaws of a snarling mongrel of Rottweiler proportions. She creeps backward slowly, her look resolute, unflinching. I think this is one of those cases, again, where he set the scene and then brought us into the moment. And I'd rather he didn't set the scene. Rocky outcrop, outcroppings, dot the scrubland, light is failing, blah, blah, blah. If we got rid of that and just came up on Brie with all of her smudged face and filthy jeans and her broken hoe handle um, fending off the snarling mongrel, mm-hmm. I think it, it, would be, it, it would be more in the moment. I'm nitpicking, but I, I think that it's it feels a little overwritten right now, and a, a little less of it would have made a stronger impact. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. That's always. I want to. I want to get my chin chins Chinese food and get yes, out of here. That's I, I agree that's, with you. That's, that's Mike's subject. Done. Love it. <laughs> so, so Chuck, though, I have to say, really good description. I'm, you know, Chuck has come a long way with his writing and, and uh, I think that you brought us up on a really interesting moment. So just a little bit less and it would have been there. So what we got to do now, because that is the end of the submissions. I think there were 26 in total. Felt like oh, wow. more, right? I don't know. Um, uh, we are going to uh, take a small break. Can we do that, yep. Ryan? Yep. We're going to take a small break and we're going to figure out who the winners are. And come on back. Okay? But then right. in the same episode. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back and we have picked our top three. Actually, Ryan and I picked our top three. <laughs> and Mike decided he was Switzerland. Yes, right. Wuss. Just wussed out. <laughs> it, was, it was not easy to do. There were a lot of great submissions. And, yeah, uh, I'm not getting hate mail. I'll, I'll reserve that for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you read our top three? Top three and, and who they're from. Okay, these are in any particular order. Yeah. Exterior, urban city street, day. A narrow minefield of gaping potholes and crumbling asphalt. The Beast, a hulking green and black tow truck wrecker from hell, wedges its way past double parked rust beaters and Japanese rice burners. An imposing gas guzzling relic from a bygone time, it spits sparks and farts smoke as it prowls the avenues and side alleys for its next repo victim. And that was uh, Gary Westna from New Jersey. Okay, we like that one. This is in the top three. Okay, another one. This is, oh yeah, let's see who it's from. David Cook from Reading, England. Okay. Interior, bar, day. A country pub, rustic charm, oak tables, underlying menace. Matt reaches for the golden pint sitting on the counter. Freezing as the landlord clears his throat. Ruddy jowls wobble as he jams Matt's debit card into the card reader. Matt manages a weak smile at the craggy-faced locals in the corner. Stony faces stare back in response. Time slows to a painful crawl. The landlord huffs as he stares at the card reader, willing it to work. And our third one? From Sam Hayes. From Iowa. From Iowa. Richard dusts himself off, then charges toward the mime. Thud! He bashes his face on an invisible wall. He cups his bloody nose and thrashes around in pain. So, so now the question is, who's our top winner? All three of these guys receive an on-the-page instructional DVD, a copy of the Coffee Break screenwriter, which I think some of them already have, and they'll probably be like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Share it with a friend. (laughs) But the the top winner is going to get a uh, private story consultation, not a script consultation, but a story consultation with me where we figure out the structure and story of his next project. So which one do you think is, is the top? If it was my podcast and mine alone. <laughs> <laughs> like there was I some menace go. to that. <laughs> one day it will be. Uh, <laughs> no, I would go with the bar, uh, the interior bar day, country pub, rustic tar- charm, oak tables, underlying menace. I just really liked every line of that. Couldn't find anything wrong with it. Thought it was very descriptive and uh, showed a lot within a scene with no dialogue, you know, which was uh, what we set out to do. And there's a, there's comedy there too. Yes. Just that that I, may that, be why I like it too. Y- yeah, the, <laughs> the idea of like 
just just how awkward he's feeling and the moment is really coming through right you know and and it just i love that weak smile it really endears me to the character mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one it's a good one i don't know i'm i'm uh, you know i really love uh richard dusts himself off and charges toward the mime thud yeah. he bashes his face on an invisible wall i love how simple it is and how funny it is right. and then it's also really musical like thud <laughs> you know i i just i like it it's it's getting me on the other hand it is I, very quick compared to the other two i mean it's it's only a couple lines on that one yes yeah, so, so do you so think i don't know if that's comparing apples and oranges almost you think you think maybe, i don't know it's, maybe i like it because it's it's short maybe maybe you do like that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know there's something like just clean and to the point yeah. but then again you get like the beast a hulking green and black tow truck i mean i love like all the the way that this this writer is bringing this tow truck to life is really really good so that's good too. I don't know. I don't know. I I love David's. Uh, I love I love David's description of the the squirmy guy in the bar. But I'm wondering if, for me, I think I'd go for the more visual. And be- between the two, um, the, the bumping into the the wall and the, the the beast of the tow truck. I don't know. They're they're both really. Visual for me. I don't know, Mike. If you had to decide between these oh, three, so you, you're put me on the spot too. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, me, the uh, stickler for punctuation and and syntax. Uh huh. I, I mean, we just uh, the beast one. We just wanted to take out from hell, right? And then there was a couple like hyphens that needed to be in there between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, double parked and gas guzzling. <laughs> <laughs> the editor and me jumped up, <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. These are yeah. It's really hard. I like them. I like them all too. So does David. I didn't give an answer. I don't know. Can we? Can we make them all winners? <laughs> can we? Is it? I don't know. Well, I mean, one really. I think the longer ones uh, tend to paint more of a picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just says Richard dusts himself off and then charges. We don't know. Who, there's no description of Richard, but I don't know. This doesn't necessarily have to be the beginning of a. Right, it doesn't. It do, it doesn't. It's just it's just a, a good action line okay. in the middle of a movie. I don't know. Uh, you know what? You know what? You make There's, your executive okay, decision, I, queen I, of the podcast. I can't do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that Sam Hayes from Iowa, with his wonderful mime description, okay, is definitely a winner, and so is David Cook from Reading, England, because that is the one that uh, Ryan thinks should be the winner, and frankly, we both like that anyway. These were our top three. We mm-hmm. definitely all decided top three, no problem, so we've got two. <laughs> what if I should say the Beast should be the winner, and then with, <laughs> then I've screwed it up completely? Well, you were Switzerland. Yeah, okay. So, I'm out so then. All right. The Beast is our runner-up, but with a, a very narrow margin, because we really, really liked how descriptive that was. So we've got one that's very simple and clear, and one that is a little bit more rich in terms of its its wording and, and sort of these, these awkward moments in it. And then we've got the Beast, which is bringing this tow truck to life. So congratulations to Sam Hayes from Iowa. You are our grand prize winner, as is David Cook from Reading, England. You are both tied as grand prize winners. You tied when, it, you I, wuss. Yes, you call I'm a total, wuss? total, oh total, God. total wuss. <laughs> and then, uh, then behind them is is uh, Gary Ruskroff from New Jersey. Congratulations, Gary. You are runner up. And I want to thank everybody who submitted. And um, what I will do before I forget is email you guys even before the podcast comes out and hopefully they'll keep a secret. Um, (laughs) And uh, I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv because we are doing an online, how is it? This is a live streaming class. So anybody from anywhere can actually see this class. It is a career class with Lee Jessup and myself. Lee is going to be doing the career end of it, talking about how to get an agent and all that stuff. I am now, I'm going to be taking her material and teaching you how to pitch so that you can pitch yourself, uh, pitch your idea, uh, pitch a scene if you, if you want. And you can pitch for TV, pitch to agents, the whole thing. So it's a nice intensive uh, three-hour class. It's going to be live in LA and also streamed live. And uh, Elliot's going to be filming it. 
Nice. There you go. Yeah. When is that? That will be, thank you. <laughs> Gee, that sounds interesting. I wish somebody would tell me the date when Sunday, something like that would have happened. Sunday, November 17th oh, from okay. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time, Perfect. which makes it very UK friendly. Yes. So, oh, yes. yes. So People are still like at night, uh, Sunday night there. Yes, something yeah, like okay. that. Or early evening, Yeah. past tea time. Yes. <laughs> oh, well past tea time. Yes. So, um, and Ryan, um, people should also know where they can follow you and oh, all yeah. the stuff that's going you on with you. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Buds, R-Y-A-N-B-U-D-D-S. And if you live in the LA area and want to play trivia, I have like four locations now. So RyanBuds.com slash trivia. It's fun. It's uh, interactive. Tons of prizes. And uh, I just got a new location thanks to one of our listeners, Michael Holcomb. So thanks, Mike, for hooking it up at Lee's Four Cocktails in Northridge. That's every Wednesday, 10 to midnight. And uh, we just started last week. So come out and play. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening and for, for employing our producers. Yes. Really appreciate it. Feeding my dogs another day. Thanks. <laughs> and Mike Siegel, we've yes. got Travel Tales podcast and we've got the Rock Solid podcast. Rock Solid podcast. you are co-hosting yes. with my husband, Pat Francis, yes. on the Rock Solid podcast. Oh, yes. it's uh, I'm very excited about it. It's really, really a lot of fun. And uh, I just enjoy doing it. I like listening to it. And now I'm doing it yeah so it's, it's great. music and comedy and uh can i say what the can i say what the category is that you picked for yours or I don't know. does when, that have to be a surprise i don't know when this comes out this comes yeah. out in two weeks so yeah then it would be up already oh, okay yeah, it would be go time and and the category is uh, it's go time that's what it is <laughs> oh is it it's called go time it's called it's go time <laughs> so it's all songs with the words go goes or going in it oh really yeah <laughs> that wasn't the category I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Who came up with that lame category? That was me. <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun. You had no idea how many songs there are with that. With, in with it. Go? A lot of Okay. Them. All right. Okay. I, I will listen because I know it'll them. still be good. And it's hilarious. That lame category. Oh, so, Pilar, um, just go your own way. <laughs> go See? your own way. think that okay. didn't make it. All right. All right. <laughs> There's I'm a lot sure. of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> And then there's also Travel Tales Podcast. TravelTalesPodcast.com or at Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. I'm um, also at Funny Mike on Twitter. And FunnyMike.com is my personal page with all my reels and everything you can see. Whatever I do, it's there. Thanks for thanks so much for doing this. Thank do you, you for think having that me. You'll Thank you for the Chinese Forget food. the pain of it enough so that you can do it again. It next was not year. painful. It was a joy as always. Okay, good. Just remember that next year when I ask you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. I'll let no you go problem. off to the hundred things that you usually have to do. Let's do it. I got a red Combing group your coming mustache. In. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, next Waxing time I see it. you. <laughs> Waxing your mustache. Get rid of that thing. (laughs) Um, Everybody out there, thank you so much for submitting. Thank you for listening and have a good writing week. 